Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week, Kid Presentable. Hey, doing, fellas? No Lavender Gooms this week. Um, actually saw him at the airport about six hours ago. Um, he has a longer flight than I do, folks, coming in from Las Vegas. And uh, he, you know, needs to get some sleep because God knows we didn't get a lot of that uh, these past few days That's hanging fair. out. Yeah. So he should be back next week. Kind of a light day, uh, light week in terms of MMA news. Um, I find it strange that there's no Memorial Day card. It probably was the case last year too, but I do remember like Memorial Day and Fourth of July were like big UFC card weeks. Like we yeah, went and we went day and, weekend. We went and saw Weidman and uh, Weidman versus Musasi, uh, Ronda Alexis Davis. We went to that card. I remember. We went to the McGregor Mendez fight. That was also, uh, you know. That was an Independence Day one. So I don't know. It's it's weird. Um, it's not like there aren't people in Las Vegas. Because let me tell you, there are a lot of people in Las Vegas. My Wednesday flight at noon to Las Vegas was packed. Wednesday at noon. Packed. Well, they haven't done a live audience in Vegas yet, right? That's, Wasn't it that's McGregor. Florida? That's, that's McGregor. The, that's yeah. going to be McGregor. I think that I th- because we let me tell you, by the way, we called the UFC. We saw the UFC Apex. Uh, mm. it's really nice. We like, we saw the whole, the PI, it's a giant building. Um, and we called because we were seeing if they would let us go to, <laughs> we, want, we wanted Why to be like, I'm going to be like, we all have like, we're vaccinated. Uh, the president of the company may not be vaccinated. We are, we want to go. Um, they have a voicemail that nobody returns calls from at the UFC, mm. uh, Shame. Yeah. So, um, we would have, I, I would, I would have been, you know, the asshole yelling for Rob Bond to chill, man, chill. Hands up. Let's ride this out. We got money on the line, baby. Um, okay. Yeah, we're going to talk about that card. Biggest one of Rob Font's career. Um, other big stuff stuff coming out of that card. We'll talk about that. Um, talk about a little MMA news, which from what I can tell is just that Diego Sanchez has reached a point in this cycle of him with questionable people where he is now sick of said questionable person. And he brushes them aside. So... Fabia shouldn't it, feel too special because that happens to everybody. Eventually, Diego, it almost just seems like he, he, the public made that decision for me. He's like, look at, look at, I like you. I like you turning me upside down and punching me in the head. But I'm getting so much bad publicity here. I gotta let you. Is, go. is it me? You cut the am I am I that out of touch? No, it is the public that it's is wrong. Really, really <laughs> um, all right. Uh, by the way, went to the live Las Vegas fight shop. I feel it's somehow gotten smaller every time I be there. Um, mm. I think. I mean, ha- I'm sure in-person retail has been really thriving. Yeah, exactly. Um, almost bought an Austin 316 shirt for no reason. Just seemed like a good choice. Um, okay. Um, Cody Garbrandt, Rob Font, um, Stefan Rob Font went out there, fought the best fight of his career, the biggest win of his career, right there. Yeah, that's 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 my guy, right? Um. I think when we were breaking it down last week, I obviously said is the best version of Cody is kind of a bad matchup for Rob Font, right? Because mm-hmm. he's really quick, has tremendous hand speed, has killer power. Um, and for reasons we can't be sure of, right? We can only speculate. Um, we didn't really get the best version of Cody. And so what instead we saw was the best version of Rob Font because he was better at everything. His movement was better. His feints were better. Um, his side to side, his combos were really there. Cody was gas, kind of gas after two rounds, pretty bad there too. You know, um, we kind of like, was dancing around it, but you know, severe COVID case, right? What have we seen in professional athletes? I mentioned Jason Tatum. The guy uses an inhaler now, having never had any asthma related issues in the world. So um, to see that his cardio was down was wasn't you know totally unexpected. It kind of made sense when you put the dots together, but um, font. The story of this fight was his jab. Uh, I think, um, you know, it's funny reading the breakdowns. 
I forget who I was saying, uh, reading. I forget if it was on Bloody Elbow or if it was just some other journalist, but they're like, you know, it seems to happen every two, three years in MMA where someone just wins a fight with a jab. And then people are like, oh, yeah, that's a really good striking technique. Why don't, when it, when is this going to take over the sport? You know, we've seen it with GSP. We, we did recently see it with Kamaru Usman, showed a really killer jab. Um, and Font, you know, he is a long rangey fighter at this waist class. He had a good height discrepancy a good reach discrepancy on cody but um that that jab kept him at bay all night uh you know whether it was something covid whether it was something rusty we didn't see the hand speed combos from cody like we normally do we saw a lot of big winging power punches and he was getting a lot of air you know um he did connect on his fair share bob because i you said you know when you have money on the other guy you get nervous with every single strike yeah. took, but when you're on the far the leg of your three fight parlay and it's all gone gravy up until this point you're like Come on, Robbie. Come on, Rob. I started getting real familiar with him. Come on, my man, Rob. Come on, Robbie. <laughs> Come on. But I mean, yeah, he, he, he weathered all of them well. He, you know, I, I don't recall him ever being truly rocked or in danger. Um, like, I know that it was two 50-45s and a 48-47. Well, um, I think I think they gave the first because the first was kind of was close. There was some Co takedowns early then, for Cody, yeah. And then the fifth, I guess they gave the Cody two because Cody at that point was like, well, I'm losing. I got to go fucking go for what I have left here. But I thought that was kind of a that was not a great scorecard, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I just thought basically I'm, I'm just making the point. I thought it was a pretty clear Rob Font. You know, he he didn't get the finish, but it's one of those things where you know sometimes it's better when they go to decision because you get to really show some stuff. And that's what I took away from Rob. He he just had really great motion, really great combos. Like I said, that utilization of the jab. He you know he did get taken down early, but from that point on, he he did scramble back to his feet a couple times. You know, he used a he had a good uh I think it was a Kimura he used to sweep it over in one of the rounds. Um, so he you know he just showed really great defensive awareness on the ground. Um, just you know, um, Mark could break down things better technically than me, but you know I know you went to me just because Rob Font has kind of what? been the Kohan yeah. guy, I've been chatting up for a while. But yeah, he's he had the fight of his career. Um, and I think you know after the fight, he he was realistic. He's like. You know, I'll take on the winner of TJ and Sandhagen, you know, if because it seems like Aljo is going to be on the shelf with an injury for a little bit, right? So that's going to push back that yeah, Peter Yon title fight. He had the neck surgery, right? But it wasn't like he was, it wasn't like broken, broken, right? He's out for like five months, they said, six months, is it or something? It's one of those things, Bobby. He just wants to hold that belt a little bit Well, longer. these are the rankings right now, man. My man, Aljo Serling, the undisputed, unquestioned, definitely the best bantamweight in the world, at champion. Followed by Peter. God damn, what a dumb knee. God, the stupidest knee ever. Peter Yan. Uh, Corey Sandhagen is at two. Rob Font at three. Um, Cody was four. I don't know if these are updated. Aldo, Moraes, Edgar, Munoz, Cruz. We're, I don't even see, um, TJ on there. They, Dana White seemed to apply if TJ wins, he might get a title shot. This was before TJ got hurt and they had to move this car. This fight, I think it, they're saying it's going to be a five rounder. Um, which that's a, that's a tough get, man. Two years of uh, uh, not fighting, and the reason you weren't I mean, the reason you got suspended is because you were taking a drug that helped your cardio. Woo! And we're gonna make you go five rounds. They might as well do it in Mexico. Let's really stack the deck here. Um, yeah, big win for Upont. Um, if he's gonna wait, if he's not, I mean, if he's gonna fight the winner of that fight, it makes a lot of sense. Sounds like a lot of fun, especially. I mean, the striking matchup we could see. Um, Marcus. Carlos Barza, Yao Jean-Anne. Um, mm -hmm. I tell me if I'm exaggerating here, but I feel like Carla really exposed her with a showing a real lack of ground game. I'm not even saying like lack of takedown defense, just on the ground and inability to figure out what to do. Um, look, and I mean, not to diminish what Carla did out there. Carla hasn't looked this good, I don't think, since she was running through that uh, tournament to become champion. But it, the, the the gap there on the ground was massive. What'd you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty much a, a classic Carla Esparza type of performance that we've expected from her, you know, heavy on the wrestling, uh, a lot of really good ground control, control, top control. You know, she was able to get, get past the guard multiple times, get into side mount. Um, and it's ultimately where she did most of her damage and ultimately won the fight. Uh, she actually, what really helped was, you know, she was getting in side mount and staying there quite frequently in the first, but when you're flat on the opponent, basically your hips are, are tucked to the ground. It, it's hard for the opponent to escape, to, to shrimp, 
to get back to side mount, but it's also hard for the person on top to generate a lot of power and do a lot of damage. So it wasn't until Carla got in north-south position and started threatening with a Kermora that she was able to kind of sit up on Jan a little bit more. Um, and once she did that, um, you know, Jan was able to scramble. She was obviously threatening with a Kimura and potentially straight armbar. Uh, so she did scramble. In the scramble, uh, Carla was able to kind of get like a side saddle, uh, side mount on her for the last like 10 seconds or so and landed a super big elbow that ultimately I think contributed to her finishing the fight the second round. Opened up a really nasty cut that was leaking quite a bit. Um, in the second round, just copy paste of what she did in the first, you know, wait for that moment to expose herself to, to get a shot in. It, the, the, the takedown in the first was, you know, Carla really had to push for that. You know, there was basically three different attempts that she tried. I think she tried for like a single and then went to a double. She had to chain uh, her takedowns to get it down. In the second round, it was much easier. Um, and once she did, I don't quite think she got a crucifix, but it, again, no, she, she got, got her side She got her crucifix ultimately. There was uh, a crucifix towards, towards, the, the, towards the end. She finished it. Yeah. Ultimately, the, the ending was, and I think this is where the cut made such a big factor. It was just one of those things where... Jan just couldn't escape. She was just getting hit. The, these punches weren't like super devastating, but I think with the blood factoring in, there being a lot of blood, unanswered blows, um, you know, the referee just had to stop it after so many unanswered shots. So, yeah, it was a classic performance from Carla. You know, uh, that's yeah. right in her wheelhouse is just wrestling top control. And, uh, you know, I, I think she, she got not lucky, but it was very fortunate she was able to get a scramble that led into a big cut because I, I think without the cut, she the referee might have made it go on a little bit longer, but I think, she, I, she think was so, I think some of the referee was just being like, "This is not going to get better." It, like, it's this, not. This is yeah, what we're we, we all recognize what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Stefan, um, the current strawweight rankings after Rose Namajunas, Whaley, Joanna, Jan. Again, I don't think this has been updated. Carla, Carla's the number one contender, isn't she? Uh, it seems to be. Uh, I, I did see a comment from Dana where he spoke on it, and he was just like, I don't know. He's like, it's either Carla or a rematch with Wei Li. And it's not that Wei Li necessarily deserves it, but, you know. We can sell it. It's 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 a sellable fight, I guess. I guess it's that's what kills Carla, right? There's not a lot of people who are really going to be clamoring for her. She's not particularly beloved, you know, though she got a finish here, she doesn't typically get a finish, right? Yeah, I, thought, know, I that, thought we were going grinding wrestling style doesn't do favors to people with fans. Yeah, I thought we were getting, I thought we were going to decision, honestly. When if once you got her down, I'm like, all right, I can check back in beginning of each round, see if she gets her down. Okay, I'll be back. Um, I think she deserves it, but deserve doesn't mean anything in this sport. I mean, not sure it ever has, to be honest, but she's won like a few, she's strung a few together now, hasn't she? This is not like one win. This is her yeah, fifth. Yeah, and it makes sense fifth in a row? because she, yeah, she, she also has an early victory over Rose, which is a storyline in itself, right? Was she she got Rose early, you know? So the storyline is there, and she's absolutely deserving. I All I'm saying is I heard Danum did make a statement this week, and he was kind of wishy-washy on committing it to her. So uh can't be certain until Dana was Dana's like, look, I'm, I'm running Rose versus Communist from now on. Those are the shows we're running. And Carla knocked this one out. We still got the other Chinese fighter. We're just unless Car unless we're, unless we unless we lie and tell people Carla's from Venezuela, this is not gonna fly. We gotta we need, we need to say you know better red than dead on every goddamn thing from now on. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything about that Whaley Rose fight means there should be a rematch. Obviously, then we take out external factors. Makes sense. Uh, Edmund Shabazian. Uh, I. Don't get this, Mark, where we had to wait. A, you know, this kid, we saw a giant gap in where, I mean, I feel we didn't learn anything in this one. And we're still giving this kid over a, a fighters that are way above his, where he's at right now. Like, even when the fight started, I'm just like, what are we doing? Like, this guy had a real problem with Derek Brunson. And we're going to give him Jack Hermanson. And it's been a year. Maybe we got to, like, build this 23-year-old back up. And I guess he said he didn't want that, but I'm not sure what we got out of this fight, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Edmund had a good first round. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Jack did a good job with his guard. He kept his guard up high. He was he was not allowing Edmund to you know sneak in that uppercut, which he's caught a lot of people with. Um, he was very aware of the left high kick. Um, and then, you know, in the second and third round, when he was able to really establish getting him down, I think at that point, I, I think Edmund's biggest flaws are that, you know, the gas tank is really set to go hard for a first round. Um, and when that doesn't really pan out, 
things tend to get a little softer. You know, his his takedown defense gets a little softer. His escapes from the bottom weren't as dynamic. You know, the you know I think when he just start, he loses that you know fresh uh, stamina, he doesn't really have much to to go back in the tank. And and, and to give Jack Hermanson credit, you know, he's he has extremely good top control. And, you know, once he gets a guy down there that is tired, he can put on, you know, pretty good ground and pound. So, I mean, I think Edmund on the bottom was doing some good things and was defending himself well, but it wasn't enough. I, I think stylistically it was kind of a tough matchup for him. Um, and th- there's still a lot of promise in him. But, yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. it's time for him to fight some. I don't more. like he said he didn't want to, like, just pick up. He's like, no, I want to get challenged. I don't want to just pick up a paycheck. And I'm like, well, like, I mean, Steph, I know we're coming off of Charles Oliveira's 30-fight odyssey of being a bunch of different places and being at the very bottom and being rising up to champion. So I don't, I mean, we're not going to write this kid off, but we got to at least like, you got to put your guys in. I mean, should we put, I mean, I feel we just watched the same fight again. Did he um, have before? You know what I'm, I mean? I'm going to write this kid off. Well, I mean, um, I know you don't, I know a, you don't like where he coaches, where he's. Yeah, at. no, but the, with a specific caveat, he needs a different camp. Like, you know, I'm going to take this to a quick political comparison because I know everyone, their favorite thing to hear about is politics, you know, but um, who was one of the biggest winners of the Trump presidency? It was George W. Bush. Why? Because history looks kinder on him now after after we saw what, what things could be. And recently I saw that comment with, uh, you know, we'll talk about him in a minute, but uh, due to Josh Fabia's uh, odyssey with Diego Sanchez, suddenly uh, Edmund Tarverian is not the most just terrible punchline of a joke that can possibly be but he is a punchline of a coach to me because what is the same of all their fighters you can say this about ronda too uh up you know until things really fell apart and you can tell when uh travis uh god what's his last name travis travis brown went over there edmund fighters he's not a incompetent coach right he has credentials as a boxing coach his fighters have good offense they are all front runners with major defensive deficiencies when Travis Brown went there, he became eminently more hittable. Ronda, once it was exposed her stand-up a little bit, she was really, really hittable. Same thing with Edmund, is once that front running falls apart, all Tarverian does not have the coaching chops to improve this kid's game. So until he finds a new camp, I will write him off because I don't think his teachers are capable of teaching him the things he needs to get better at, you know? It's not just age. It's not just, you know, like level of opponent because he got wrestled to death by Hermanson, who is a qualified grappler. But watching his come up, he was out boxing guys. You know, he wasn't wrestling everyone to death. That's basically say it's not that he's bad at it, but it's not his a game. You know, if everything is going to his plan, that's not what he resorts to, you know. So if he's going to be controlled by that level guys, not even the guys like Brunson, right? There's no shame in being wrestled by him. He's a wrestler by nature, you know? So I just have, you know, like I said with uh, last week, it's, it's the Star Wars thing. I move for a vote of no confidence until this kid chooses another camp. There's physical tools there, right? And so when you want to make the Oliveira comparison of a guy who comes in the UFC real young and gets improves, but he needs the coaching and the development, right? Because absolutely Oliveira is someone who panned out. We see a lot of guys who don't pan out. Absolutely. Um, all right. Um, I mean, let's just talk about the, the money. I mean, I won money on those three fights, but let me tell you where I did not make money. Five foot nine, Barnett taking on six foot five, Ben Rothwell. Marcus, our dude Barnett did not have three rounds of energy. Yeah, um, Chris Barnett's been a guy I've had my eye on outside of the UFC for a while. Um, because I mean, a lot of it has to do exactly with what you said. His stature of being five nine, and I think even back when he was fighting in, it was some Korean organization. I don't even know if it was because it wasn't like one FC. I can't even remember what it was called. Was it? It wasn't Road whatever the Road. One? I think it was. It was Road yeah. FC. Yeah. Um, I mean, for a, a short, stocky, heavy guy, he he can be very dynamic. You know, throwing a lot of like. High head kicks, spinning back fists, spinning kicks, um, which we saw some of that. I mean, he always just seemed like an action type of fighter who always brought it to, you know, um, have an exciting performance. I guess this was a fight on short notice. I did not know about it. I think until you, Bobby, said, like, 
I think you said you lost a bet on the fat guy. I still didn't look it up then. And then later, yeah. I think I saw it was Chris Barnett. And I was like, oh, shit. I didn't know this guy was fighting in the UFC. So I guess I don't know who Big Ben was supposed to fight. But Chris Barnett was like a late I, I replacement. Had a, I had like a, like a five-minute conversation about my picks with the guy at the uh, Paris Sportsbook. Because mm. I'm a big MMA fan. And I was just like, he's like, you going font? I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, Cody coming off of that COVID. I don't know what's going to happen. He's like, that's a good call. Good pick there. He's like, why are you picking Barnett? I'm like, he's fat and short. And the guy's like, all right. <laughs> no problem. He's like, not, not he's, like, he's, he's like, he's like, it's not part of your parlay, right? I'm like, nope. He's like, good choice. <laughs> and the guy was like, in his head, like, I thought this kid knew something. Like, uh, I thought this kid understood the sport. Um, but yeah. but but to to Ben's credit, I mean he's a really he had that go go choke, anyway. right? Was it the go go choke uh, again? Yeah, I mean I think they were calling it a go go choke. I mean I, I've I heard thought... it as like a ten finger choke because mm-hmm. um, it's really it, it's kind of like a guillotine, but you don't really have the um, the throat underneath the uh, forearm. It's more that you've clasped your hands underneath the throat, and you know sometimes you see guys kind of pull a high guard. Um, this time he was kind of just in the sprawl position, um, and then Barnett tried to like spin out of it, which I think just made it worse. Uh, but but you know, to Chris's, you know, unfortunately, it was a short notice fight. Stylistically, it was going to be a really tough fight for him because Ben's just one of these guys that that has really proven himself in the UFC against you know some of the legends of the sport that he can be a really tough out. Um, his stand up can be somewhat rudimentary, but especially with a guy like Barnett that was constantly dipping his head and throwing overhands like uppercuts are kind of wide open and that's something that ben utilizes really well um and then we've also seen ben you know choke out some of the best submission guys in the world like like josh barnett um kind of with a similar choke so the outcome wasn't too surprising i guess at the end of the day it was just disappointing that you know i I guess i guess when it's all said and done i do hope they give chris barnett another crack against someone less you know, of a veteran, someone of that stature of Ben who was, you know, careening at points to be a, a title contender and to fight someone that maybe came off of, um, you know, Dana White's contender series. Cause I, I think that is more in line with where Chris Barnett's skills lie. But at this point, too, I don't know. It might just be that haircut not being super flattering. He looks a little older than I remember when I mm. first saw him. Um, and maybe his best days are past. But I hope he gets, I hope he gets another shot in the UFC and I hope it's against someone you know, more level on his playing field. So he can kind of showcase some of the, the stylistic things that make him fun to watch. Um, but not what, really. What were the two nicknames? Contender. He's Huggy Bear. And what's the other one? He has like a double nickname. I, yeah, I don't remember. I think, um, God, they, they said it on the broadcast too. I don't want to say it's Big Beast or something, but it was something, I don't know. I can't really remember. I mean, I, kind of I, clever. I, I liked, uh, I, I mean, I stuck with the Huggy Bear end of it. Um, it's Beast Boy, though, the other end of it. That's it. That's a DC that's reference. Fun. That's kind of fun. But, mm, Huggy Bear's uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he, he can be a really stylistic and action-packed fighter. Um, and you saw, you saw that in this fight. Like, you, you can't, can't say the guy didn't go after it against a guy that was, you know, so much taller and bigger than him. Um, but it's just like the matchup wasn't there for him. And it was, it was really sad when they said, like... <laughs> He trained with Overeem when he fought Big Bane, so he really wanted to get that one back. And it was like, oh, that's not going to happen, Marco. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and also, what the fuck is Overeem training with Chris Barnett to fight Big Ben? That was a big uh, you know, mistake right there. Hey, this guy's really tall. Let's find the shortest, stockiest heavyweight in the world, and let's train with him to get <laughs> you ready for that one. So, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I don't think... I mean, I'll be honest. There was other fights on this card, but the, the, I didn't gamble on them, and I was, you know, not paying attention. You said Court point. did good. Oh, Court McGee, Mike should be here to, you know, speak for to his treason. But he bet money against Court McGee. Court McGee, honestly, just looked good everywhere. Hands looked crisp. Um, he was hurting the guy. His grappling looked good. He looked. We all know what a Court McGee fight looks like, but this looked like a Court McGee fight from like two thousand and like twelve. You know, 2011, where you're like, okay, we're looking at back end of the top 10 here. You know, maybe as good as five. He looked really good. Um, It was nice to see. Um, And, yeah, the UFC at the Apex. I could have been there, man. Just, you know, answered your phone. I could have happily been there. I don't think they would have let me do it, to be honest. Um, True. I (laughs) I was debating. I was arguing that we could get much farther than you would expect. Like, if we, like, went and made a conservative effort to get into the building and go to, like, get to the get get, get there, I feel it would take a while for them to, like, say anything until we got there. We would have gotten pretty close. 
Just saying. Just act like you belong. I was going to say, I was like, I could say stuff to Daniel Cormier. He'll be fine. And, uh, you know, maybe not. Um, yeah, the UFC um, at the Apex, where they'll probably be, I think they're doing this, uh, yeah, this uh, the next fight night, I'm assuming, is there too. Uh, Biggie Boy versus uh, Augusto Sakai. Uh, June 5th. Pardon me. So that's the next card. There's no card on Memorial Day weekend here, which I find strange. Uh, did anybody did you see a Bellator doing one or something? Because I didn't. I don't think I saw that I either. Didn't check. <laughs> you know, like all the Bellator guys we want to see fight already fought. I didn't. So, and I guess Cyborg won right against Leslie Smith. Oh, didn't see I did or see that because oh, I did. I watched that whole thing because Mike had bet on Leslie Smith. Um, oh, well, I'm guessing the line it was, was it was too like fifteen. To, to it was up. like fifteen to one or something like that. He put like twenty bucks on that. Um, yeah, man, Leslie Smith is real tough. <laughs> How long so, did it go? Up until the last minute, I think. Oh, but, of five rounds because it was yeah, for the belt. Right? It was five rounds. Oh, that's that's quite a beating Leslie Smith had to take. Then, <laughs> yeah. So that um, that is what. I, oh, we watched also Valerie Lareda lose. That was a mm. thing. She's the one. Familiar. She's the one in Bellator who's just basically an Instagram model in addition to being a fighter. Okay. She's very. She's the name very, sounds familiar, but she's really. she's the young Latina fighter who shakes her ass on the internet it's very popular so that she lost uh, yeah um i was bummed to see felicia spencer lose on the ufc card because i like felicia spencer a uh, lot but i guess there's another fighter in this weight class who's got to win so kind of what they needed if they yeah they probably for the alive, best so. yeah exactly um and it sounds like tatiana suarez is coming back from her knee her ne- neck issues and she's coming back at flyweight which is, I mean, I thought she was the boogeyman at 115, Steph, but she wants to be the boogeyman at 125. How many wins is she going to have to get for them to just give her a shot at Valentina? Over, under, 0.5. A fight? She'll take yeah. a fight? Uh, she has to win. Think, <laughs> I, guess, I guess one to show she could make the weight. Yeah. <laughs> so you can give make the weight one weight class up. We got to make sure. You <laughs> can, can make the weight class up. If, if they said she's getting a title shot immediately, I don't think people would be that upset. I think we'd all be like, yeah. okay. I mean, I think like we were just saying was the that most recent fight with, um, God, what were their names? Uh, blonde fighter and the Brazilian. Um, God, was it? Oh, Chukajian and I'm. Forgive me on the uh, fighter or something, Arejo or something like that. Um, I think what I say the takeaway was it just shows the gap between the contenders and the champion. You know, is like that that fight was what it was. It was kind of a questionable decision in my eyes, but all it told you is neither of them have anything for Valentino whatsoever. So if you can get a slightly more compelling matchup than that, then yeah, may as well just cut to the front of the line. Yeah, um, I think they said Lauren Murphy's probably next for Valentina. So if Tatiana wants to fight one fight, and give her a title shot after that. But she's undefeated, I'm pretty sure. It's like 10, 11 wins, I want to say. I'm not positive. Yeah, I think you're right. And it sounds, other news, sounds like we're inching closer to uh, the UFC trying to get on that uh, on, uh, um, Kayla Harrison train. Trying to Because Kayla Harrison right. wants to fight, her, fight out the season. They have seasons in PFL. Again, I appreciate PFL doing something different. And uh, I think she's fighting at 55, though, so I don't know how this is going to work. Yeah, that could be um, tricky. Amanda, Amanda can't keep going up. Amanda can't keep going Ooh. up. Ooh. If they put another belt on the line, though, Bobby, she Amanda might going go for three? Amanda wants if three belts. Three yeah. and be the only person ever to get three and probably just have to fight one fight against her, she might take it. Just, you know what? The UFC is booked to get a scrub first for Amanda to fight at 155 so she gets the three. No, 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 no. And no, then no, no, she no. can lose to Kayla. No, 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 Bobby. This is Overeem territory where you just ask for the belt <laughs> enough and they'll just give it to you. <laughs> It's just, I, it's just a good storyline right there. The only person to get three belts, that would be badass. But yeah, yeah um, I mean, there's no. There's Mandy, no three order. belts. That's a nice ring yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. Mandy, three. <laughs> uh, there's just not enough talent at 45 to think that they could, you know, build much of anything at 50, but 55. But eh, we'll see. That, that yeah. would be interesting. That'd be intriguing. Um, other news we. Uh, Diego Sanchez has cut ties with Joshua Fabia. And Joshua Fabia said a lot of bad things about Diego afterwards. And here's to us never having to say Joshua Fabia's name ever again. 
He was a real scorned lover in this one. Or is this like a I just remember like, you know when Donald Cerrone said that this, like, Donald Cerrone being a tool, but Donald Cerrone's like, oh, he's being influenced by a lover. And I'm like, that's the only way this would make sense to me, is if these guys were dating. Like, I would be like, oh, it's a bad relationship. There's like, some kind of romantic. She's toxic. Is, he's a real, yeah. Jotro is real toxic in this relationship. That's the only way this made sense to me. Um, but yeah, um, they ain't shit going on, though. Um, I'm going to peek at MMA news in a second here. Um, I mostly want to know if, like, sometimes you just wake up in the morning and you go on the internet and they tell you there's a Modoc TV show on Hulu. Yeah. And you're like, where the fuck did that come from? And I feel we ain't never once said there was a Modoc TV show coming. So I don't know when that you guys knew about it. Yeah, when did that happen? What, did you guys know? Like, when? Mm-hmm. Like, I knew it was coming. Me and Mark were talking about it. Did anybody watch it? I watched five episodes or so. And I'll discuss it in our next segment, segment stuff we like. Yeah, sure I mean, that's what we're getting. Right to. Well, I, what I wanted to ask was, uh, I mean, let me just ask, is Patton Oswalt playing Patton Oswalt or is Patton Oswalt playing Modoc? Because sometimes uh, Patton I mean, Oswalt is just playing Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt is not really flexing any voice yeah, okay. muscles, <laughs> if that's what you're asking. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I if we just want to get into stuff we like, because I mean I think we have, kind of we have fuck all. I'm, yeah, go ahead. I'll look for news. Yeah, because I got doing. a couple things, and one of them is is, is Modoc. Uh, you know, we did. I mean, Bobby, it's not unfair that you haven't really heard of it. It when it got announced, I think like a couple months ago, or at least that's when I first heard about it. It was very strange. Um, I mean, the concept itself is basically animated comedy show. I think done by the same group that does Robot Chicken because uh, the animation style is very reminiscent. And, I mean, honestly, even the humor is. Um, and I think what threw me the most was that it's not on Disney Plus. So it's like Marvel licensed out this property to be produced and shown on. Well, I mean, I guess Hulu is kind of owned by Disney. So it's not like, you know, it went to Netflix or something. But it just seemed odd that it was a Hulu original. Not I mean, Disney on. doesn't own the whole thing yet. So that's an eventual thing. I, I don't guess. know who Modoc falls underneath, but I thought it would probably be them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the end game is they will own Hulu, but there's like a process. But yeah, yeah it's not on yeah, Disney. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. You know, there's some shenanigans. But um, that being said, I enjoyed the the Modoc show. I don't think it's like fantastic. I, I think honestly, it it's. I'm pretty sure it's done by the Robot Chicken guys, and and I think this show's kind of like. That like if that sense of humor is is up your alley, I think you'll love the show. Um, there's a lot of jokes, there's a lot of plays at humor, and I don't think it, it's rarely ever like cringeworthy. But I'm not like laughing the whole time. But pretty much in every episode, there'll be one or two zingers that get me, and I'm like, okay, that was pretty clever or interesting. Um, and Modoc himself is kind of he, he's weird because he's somewhat known. I think in like the the Marvel, I mean, he's obviously hasn't been in any of the movies, um, but he's been he was in like the Marvel's Capcom game, and I think there is some, I think people do kind of know who he is, but not super well. So I think it was an interesting character choice. I do like a lot of the voice actors they got around the show. Um, I think like John Hamm plays Iron Man, and there's the the show does enough interesting stuff where I'm compelled to continue watching it, but. I think it falls a little bit short of what I was hoping it would be, especially with, you know, um, when you get Patton Oswalt, I was very excited for him uh, to see what he does with it. And I, th- I think he does a fine job. But yeah, Bobby, like there's no mistaking that it's Patton Oswalt the first time he talks. Like there's very little like him <laughs> flexing any muscles. Uh, you're muted, Bob. He was in that one show, I remember, and Steph was uh, talking Agents about. of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, I mean, that was. Because he was. <laughs> when he was on, was it The Boys? Well, he was he was voicing the uh, the fucking gills. Am I making this up? Wasn't that Fat Nozzle? Oh no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, that was in the. Uh, I remember Stefan. I mean, yeah, yeah. Stefan had some like decent criticism of just like the fuck was that? It was just like it took everybody out of it. Like what? This is Pat Oswalt here now. Just being yeah, Pat Oswalt as- was singing as like a dead fish or something. Yeah, like, I'm like, what are we? Kind of like, weird. Yeah, I'm like, you don't. He's just we're just gonna do five minutes of Pat Oswalt here. Like, what's happening? Yeah. yeah, that's well, why I was curious. I, I about. At the end of the day, I would definitely recommend checking it out. You know, at least watch an episode or two. And you know, I mean, they're they're like what twenty two. Hey man, I need episodes. something. I need something new on Hulu. I'm, yeah, you know. so, I mean, they're not like it's not a huge ask. I, I think there's ten episodes in this season. And like I said, I think I'm like halfway through, and I've enjoyed it. You know, it hasn't knocked my socks off. You know, it 
I think I had kind of higher expectations. I was really hoping the comedy would hit a little bit more for me. And like I said, sometimes it does, but a lot of times, you know, you just hear jokes and it's like, you kind of have that thing where it's like, well, that's, that's clever or funny, but it doesn't actually make you laugh out loud. Um, so it, it kind of misses the mark in some of that. Uh, but I still, you know, overall enjoyed it and, and would recommend checking it out at the very least. Um, I did watch the army of dead Netflix movie that is Zack Snyder's latest flick or whatever. Um, and I enjoyed it. Uh, it is for a zombie movie. And especially when you think about like when you see trailers for it, where it just seems like it's a action comedy. Um, the runtime is pretty long at two and a half hours. Uh, but like overall, it was just a fun flick. You know, again, like there's definitely certain scenes and stuff that I think do fall a little flat. <laughs> Steph was talking earlier uh, before he started uh, the podcast that he thinks Dave Batista is one of the, the better pro wrestling to make the jump from pro wrestling to acting. I think there's some scenes in here that maybe we'll have him question that statement. Um, but uh, to, to your point, Stefan, you were saying that he actually tries to play characters, whereas the rock yeah. is really just the rock. That's what I give him credit for. Dave Batista is not playing Dave Batista in uh, movie films. He's at least attempting a character who just happens to be a burly jacked guy. That is Dave Batista. Yeah. And, and to, to this film, I think he does a totally fine job. I think there are just certain aspects of this film that I think play off a lot well. I think the comedy is done well. I think the overall premise, uh, again, I'm someone who isn't burnt out of zombies. I, I, that's always been a genre I've been very interested in. So when I heard about this movie, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm still kind of on board. Um, but I do feel, I, I think what the, the the movie falters the most is where it tries to pull at dramatic heartstrings and stuff like that. There are some moments where they're trying to have like a dramatic scene with Dave Batista and some actress. And I don't think those, I don't think he has that kind of range. I don't think he's that kind of actor that can really pull off uh, getting me emotionally connected but when it is just running around and shooting zombies and I think the the premise of the movie and kind of how they built this zombie apocalypse like thing because I think what's interesting about it is that there was an outbreak I'll just give this is just the first you know 10 minutes there was an outbreak but it's been contained and it's just in Vegas so we all the other zombie movies like it's been it's spread it's a thing that everyone's worried about and this one is just like well they bordered off Vegas and there's a bunch of zombies there. And that's, and then the movie kind of, it, it basically plays into it's a zombie movie and it's also a heist movie. I think the heist stuff plays pretty well when Dave Bautista is doing his Rick and Morty, the son of the bitch I'm in scenes. Those are fun and interesting and compelling. Sounds um, like a real escape from New York. Kind of. Same. Yeah. I mean, there, there's absolutely. Yeah. Some of that's very good. I think um, the comedian Tig, I can't remember her last name. Tig Natero. Navarro. Natero. Yeah. I think she does a really great job. She, I had think to be, this... she had to be CGI'd into the movie because she, they had to take out um, Chris D'Elia when he got me too'd. Um, oh. They literally, she didn't see anybody else. They just digitally put Tig Nataro in all of the Chris D'Elia scenes and they do oh. not look that similar. But like, yeah. They did a good job. I, I yeah. couldn't really. I mean, there's a lot of scenes where she is alone. So yep, I'm worse. telling you, that's what happened there. And that one, she, she had to but, do um, You know, for whatever wizardry, wizardry they had to do to pull that off, I think they did pretty well because I was, yeah, I thought she did a good job. I think she had a lot of the fun one liner. She was definitely the com comedic relief. And I think she does a good job there. You said that uh, Batista is not really that, doesn't have that kind of range. Is some mm -hmm. of that that Zack Snyder doesn't have doesn't have that kind of rage either? Because I'm trying to think which Zack Snyder movie gave me any sort I mean, of that's, real conversation that's, between anybody. That's not unfair. Because <laughs> um, I think the scenes where he's having these revelations with other characters, um, like the writing, kind of. I mean, he's not. Like, Snyder is a fine filmmaker, but he's not. I'm not. He's not fucking Aaron Snor Sorkin when it comes to I mean, dialogue. Yeah. To, to the things you kind of generally pointed out about some of the slight cons, those are kind of critiques at large with Snyder is he takes himself very seriously. Like a lot of his movies are very grim, right? The the emotional connect mm -hmm. can be missing. And coming off of the what it was at the four hour Justice League movie, he's a guy who a lot of people are like you could probably trim off some of this in the editing mm -hmm. room. You just don't want to. Yeah, but overall, again, an another film that would be like, yeah, I recommend checking it out and, and watching it. It's, it's a fun watch. and It's, it's an entertaining watch. It it's, I mean, when you're watching it, I think that the first couple of times I was like, that seems weird. Like, why wouldn't 
why did that happen? And Christine's like, you just can't question things in this. Just watch it. And I was like, you know, you're right. Questioning this is not going to help this film at all. It's just going to hinder it. Um, so, yeah. I, and yeah, then lastly, I did want to mention, um, I did catch up on Silicon Valley. And I thought that was, again, like a pretty fun sitcom that I kind of dropped off a couple seasons ago. I do think it was unfortunate that, um, what's his name? TJ Miller. Yeah, got into all the, um, you know, being a shithead that he is to get kind of banned off that show. Because I think it, it, it really does hurt without him. He was kind of a focal point in that series. I mean, and I think, you know, for whatever you want to think about him, I think he has some comedic credit. And I think he can kind of control a scene and make it interesting. And when they lost that and they tried to, like, get around it and how they wrote him off in the show was just kind of weird. But overall, I, I enjoyed Man, Silicon it, Valley. It's really hard for a show to recover from that. Like, even like even if you're like an ensemble like they are like and mm-hmm. this isn't a show I particularly like that much. But that 70s show, I remember trying to watch it when, like, dude bounced. Um Main right, character, the main guy. Foreman. Yeah. And it's not like he wasn't the only character because he wasn't even, pro- he was probably like the fifth most popular character on that show. Right. Because, you know, there's Hyde and Fez and all that stuff. But I remember watching it. I'm like, this is a weird fucking show without this dude. Why are they still out in the- hanging out in his parents' house? Like, what- yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, to to, to kind of wrap Silicon Valley, though, I mean, I think, I think that hurt it. But I think what hurt it more than even that was it definitely fell into the tropes that some of the other drama comedies hbo has done kind of gets into and it kind of reminded me a lot of entourage where it's just like the same shit's happening over and over again just like where it was Vinny had to make a movie it's just like oh no we might lose the company for like the 20th oh my time. god yeah every episode they're on the verge of bankruptcy and having yes, like the, no the money doesn't have any funding hey guys we got some funding <laughs> that, was, that was almost exactly it like every episode something falls through because they do something stupid and then the next episode oh the, no we you know this what other thought, person's man? gonna fund us or i think like hbo has always done such a good job in the past of like shows ending when it needed to end um if not early earlier mm. than it needed to end I was got the I was said that like Showtime is the channel where you get fucking eight seasons of weeds when you got about mm. two seasons of ideas. And HBO is I always felt like did a good job of ending shit on time. I feel that is not necessarily the case anymore with a lot of these shows. Yeah, like, I was gonna uh, say uh, that probably like that. If that was true, that was, that was like yeah, that's gone. Well, because like Silicon Valley, I mean, when it started, I remember thinking like, this is like we live here. Like this is such a good send up of that like of the culture of Silicon Valley. It was eerily accurate. Yeah, and you know, like I mean, the dick to floor ratio, whole thing with like the you know, the jer- the, the end of the first season. That's middle in, is, middle out, Bobby. Yeah, that might be like the top five thing they've ever put on HBO. Period. You know, and it just like it had too many seasons, and eventually I'm just like, all right, man, yeah. we're done here. Like, <laughs> I got everything. I'm gonna get out of this. You know. Yeah. So I mean, finishing up, I it was still uh, again just as like as a background noise kind of sitcom. It was totally fine and adequate, um, and I still found it interesting. But yeah, definitely, you know, the same arcs going over and over again. Like they're losing the company. This guy's screwing you over for like the twentieth time. It's just like oh, okay, I get it. Um, but it was still you know entertaining enough. So that's what I got this week. Um, I'm gonna go. For, has anybody else watched Jupiter's Legacy now? Is it just me and Mike still? No, I do still want to watch it, but I haven't at this point. So it's you like, know what is that? Uh, it's like you, there's like a there's like a hot minute where you're gonna watch something like where it's part of the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, that's where you got about two weeks, and now you're like, you think like, oh, I you can't go on the internet and not hear about this. Now you're fine. No one's gonna talk about this fucking show until the second I, I don't season. Have comes any in. spoilers? I barely know what it's about. Yeah, but. honestly, I want you guys to watch it because I'm just like, how am I the guy who's finished? I know it's not based on a specific. I mean, actually, it is based on a graphic novel, it but is, it's not yeah. one. Of, it's not a big like. It's not a Marvel thing. It's not a DC. It's not a mm-hmm. big. You know, they're characters we don't know. We never read this book. Um, how am I the fucking? I know Mike watches everything, but I'm like, how am I the one to finish this and you two haven't? Um, and I kind of want you guys to watch it just so I can talk to you about it. Um, I haven't what, heard a clear. It's good. I everything I've heard is a mixed bag, you, which is one of those things you know, that makes you like not eager to pick up. Let me tell you this: you're not you, familiar with. you know how Bobby lives in the world of most things are between three and seven on the scale. We're talking close. We're talking around close to seven. Is what I'm getting at here. You know, there's how parts where you're like to Umbrella Chronicles or Academy or whatever. I like Umbrella Academy. Um, Umbrella Academy has got so many people in it that enough of them make me happy that I put aside my dislike of the 
big oafish dude and mm. Diego, who Stefan hates. Yeah, um, so because it's funny you bring that one up because I'm like, I'm the one who hates Umbrella Academy the most. <laughs> no, I, I mean, want, I, I I want to like it the most. This way, it's not that, honestly, like with a lot of the, I'm, I'm like, I'm comparing it to the like the Netflix Marvel shows where you're like, mm. this shit could have been this shit could have been eight episodes. Why is it thirteen? With this one, I'm just like, okay, eight episodes. I kind of wish you told me more about some of this. I have a lot of questions about your origin story here, but I guess that's better than me being like, wrap it up, Luke. Get back, get sure. back from this fucking lab. We gotta go fight, you know, your brother. Like, <laughs> what? We gotta get back. We gotta get back to New York. Um, yeah. Um, okay. In that case, mine's gonna be some food recommendations <laughs> for the town of Las say Vegas. If you enjoyed it. Just try to not get too into the weeds. Um, if you people go to Vegas, should go when there's a fight. A fight in Vegas is fun. That's not what I did though. Um, ate some good food. Lotus of Siam. If you're in Vegas, excellent. You need a reservation. Excellent food. Um, went to this noodle shop um, called Magic Noodle. Holy shit. Hand um hand pulled noodles, so delicious. So goddamn delicious. Um that's one that if the three of us go again, we'll surely go there. And then sushi Nico, all you can eat sushi. It's important you go to sushi Nico and not Nico all you can eat sushi, which is two doors down. There was a real moment of confusion where two of the three of us weren't sober either, so we're just like are we at the right one? And there was an hour wait. We're like, Bobby, what we're, kind of office shit is this? Is it Alfredo's or pizza by Alfredo? You know, it's like it's like you, you, we have this. I mean, I'm 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 imagining where we live isn't that special, where you get these like little strip malls where it's all the Asian food in one fucking strip mall. You know, right. so we're like, I'm just like, all right, this Chinese, Japanese, Jap- it's all it's all in one place. And I'm like, okay, both of these say sushi and Nico, and I'm like looking. I'm like, all right, the one we're going to here, this has got an hour wait. This other one, I see a bunch of empty chairs. We're sticking with the one with an hour wait. Um, and I went to an In-N-Out burger because I was with people not nice. from California. And next to it, there was an In-N-Out shop for merch. Okay. This sells um, t-shirts. I guess yeah, it was just, it was, t- stickers, it, was, right? it was just t-shirts, bumper stickers, some magnets. Um, was in there for about 14 seconds and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back to the car. <laughs> I often see dogs wearing the paper hat that they uh, sometimes. Oh, have. They'll, they'll, just, they'll just give you the paper hat. Yeah, that is. Uh, I thought they just give you the bumper sticker too, but. I mean, maybe in Vegas. I feel, by the way, the number one does not cost eight fifty oh, in California. No, yeah, no, exactly. No, 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 that's, that's what I was trying to say. I'm like, this is bullshit, and the guys, Mike and Phil, are just you know, are just like, what do you mean? Well, I'm like, you don't understand. This shit's like five six bucks tops. Yeah, I mean, okay? it's not a bad hate... price, but no. At the Burger King at the Vegas airport, I pay $17 oh. for a Burger King combo there. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, everything's a little inflated in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. I was, I would walk past that Wendy's we always see, and I'm like, yo, that Frosty is $6. How the fuck are you going to charge $6 for <laughs> a Frosty? That's, a, that's more than the $5 shake. <laughs> Come on now. Um, yeah. Um, it was interesting to travel. For those of you who have not traveled yet, you know, been vaccinated and traveled, um, wear your mask while you're traveling. And if you, depending on your airline, I guess, how much shit they give you for leaving your nose exposed. Um, I didn't do that because I'm not an asshole. Um, wore a mask. I'll tell you this though, like, it's an hour and a half flight and they come out and they're like, all right, we got four drinks. We got Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, and water. And you, if you, you know, you can just hold up a one, two, three, or four with your hand. This is Southwest. And like, I'm just like, it's an hour and a half. I don't need to drink something <laughs> on this plane. We'll be okay. And part of me is just like, why do we have an organized time where we all take off our mask? That seems like we're all doing it at once here. Bobby, um, I'm just going to comment on your mask thing. Uh, this is my own deal. And I can say this confidently now being a fully vaccinated person. But I'll say this. I respect a person more who just doesn't wear a mask versus the person who just leaves their nose yeah, out. The ch- because the I feel ch- like diaper. you're trying to be an asshole when you do that. But if you just don't wear the mask because you're stubborn... At least you're being honest with yourself, you know? Like, yeah. I can respect that more. I don't yeah, approve this... of it, but I respect it more. Exactly. Um, I'll say this. The flight to Oak to Oakland, which presumably is all people live who live here, those masks were on point, man. Everybody had that shit cinched up. We're like, we know we're flying to a real place. <laughs> we take this shit seriously. It's not magic land. We're out of the um, fantasy zone. And I saw Alex Volkanovsky, uh, who's filming Tough, and his team. Nice. And we were gonna take, we wanted to take a picture with them, but they were walking kind of fast. And then they went to a pool that cost thirty dollars, 
And me and Mike are like, we are not that interested in Alex Volkanovsky to go to this pool for $30. We do need new drops for our intro. Yeah, we're just like, extremely dated. So. We're like, how much is the, how much is the cameo for Alex Volkanovsky to have him do it that way? Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Uh, I watch basketball, watch some wrestling and, you know, some fights. Stefan, what do you got this week? I'll just do quick hitters. You mentioned wrestling. Uh, my guy. Eric Bugenhagen, he's been main rostered. I didn't like his name change to Rick Boogs, and they've now changed the spelling of Boogs from B-U-G-E-Z to B-O-O-G-S. And yes. that just kind of reminds me of Boogers, to be honest. Yes, and uh, so that kind of uh, makes me think he's got a boogie in his nose. Um, so I don't like that, but I'm happy to see him there. He did an electric guitar. He brought back Shinsuke's old theme with the buildup and everything, which I'd been, I'd been clamming for a bit, so I was excited to see that. Um, my guys, BTS, uh, breaking all the records again. Um, they did their, uh, second full English single spiritual successor to dynamite. Another kind of very funky, uh, song called butter. Bob, you want, you wanted to chime in? I did. Well, you were talking about the wrestling. I wanted to ask if you listened to the oh. Iconics podcast. I did listen uh, to the Iconics. And podcast. Are, are, are you as devastated? Are you as devastated for yourself as I was for you when they, when, you know, we're going to call her her name now. Miss Jesse Jesse McKay is married because I was like, we there goes the wife for Stefan. We're gonna know, have to I go look somewhere else. I, I, you know, it's one of those things. I'm, I don't have, I, you know, I don't have any real prospects of thing. I'm not one of those creepy fans who truly believes it. But there's always that party that hopes, right? There's that party. You're like, that's like, the one. Well she's, well, she's the single one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and it's like it's she's like, the yeah. one. I I read that. And I'm like, oh man. Poor it's like, like like Mike would Mike would know who she is, but there's this uh, J-pop artist named Namie Amoro. She's the one who got me into like Asian music back when we were in like high school. Um, one of the biggest pop stars in Japan. But here's the thing: she had two kids. She got divorced at 38, and I'm like, if there's ever a time, this is it. <laughs> she's older. She's had kids. Stefan never had a he had a he had a had a less than zero chance. When she was at the height of her career. At this point, it might be just slightly above zero. Like I said, I'm not hoping for a real thing, but you know, you like to imagine a little yeah, bit. But um, yeah, the Offer Chops podcast, you know, that that is fun now that you mention it. Um, if you knew who the Iconics were, they're very fun, charismatic personalities. You know, um, I know both of them are eventually going to get back into wrestling, but you know, it's fun hearing them talk. I always caught them when they were on Up, Up, Down, Down. You know, like whenever they did it, you really saw that uh, Billy Kay, now Jessica McKay, she was really the star of the two. Um, she has the funniest story. She has the most personality. So if this is a venue for them, you know, it's great. I'll tune in every week um, on the anime front. Uh, Mike's not here for me to talk about this, but uh, I finished Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, Mark, there's a thing in Shonen anime you'll be familiar with is, you know, the trope, how they always talk, how they always explain things. How there's always yes. sudden backstories. Break it down, yes. Yeah, you know, that's part of what drags the shows on. I got a kick out of, um, as I was watching the show, so uh, Jujutsu Kaisen gives a canonical reason for them doing that. And that's, so they deal with, like, curse magic, and you apply these curse powers. But if you explain your curse to the victim, it actually makes the curse stronger. If the victim understands the curse, it'll then propagate faster or it'll kill them sooner. And I'm like, it's dumb, but the fact that they thought, like, let's give him a reason for why he's going to explain how his power works to the villain and vice versa. <laughs> so I just appreciate that they... It's one of those things, right, like in video games, where they just bother to include a detail that's normally never included, and you're like, oh, good on them for thinking about it, you know? It, um, it didn't need it, right? It could have completely got away with it without explaining because no one else does but it, it's, it's appreciated that you went the extra mile to try to validate why these are ha why this is happening why, why is there a, a sudden conversation in this life and death fight uh for you know all the marbles but um really fun series uh the mike had quoted to me an episode that i wasn't on yet when i first mentioned i started but now that i can say i saw the baseball episode mike the baseball episode is one of the best episodes in the history of anime period and yes, nice pitch. I, I do have a question. Is there any jujitsu in this show? <laughs> so it's not jujitsu kaisen. It is jujutsu kaisen, which okay. is very, very close to jujitsu. And I also <laughs> I'm thought that that's what it would be too. Um, but there are some uh, submission techniques in the fighting. We see some arm bars and a triangle right. choke. So I guess that counts. 
I just want my Hajime no Ippo for other combats for For grappling. You want the grappling. uh, I mean, look, there's grappler Baki, but that's just Dragon Ball with (laughs) validating that type of violence, which doesn't really get me going as much. But okay, fair enough. Um, um, but yeah, back to my other quick hits. Um, I, like I said, I mentioned uh, BTS. They got the new single "Butter." Um, love it, funky, funky song. Breaking all the YouTube records. Gonna they they were on the Billboard Music Awards. I think they swept the four awards they were nominated for. Um, on Mark, this could be your 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 kind of experience with BTS. Mm. On Wednesday, McDonald's is dropping the BTS meal, which is a <laughs> special meal. It is a ten piece chicken nuggets, medium fries, medium coke. But the whole spiel is what you're getting are special limited edition uh, Korean McDonald's sauces. So we're oh. getting the sweet chili um, and what is called Cajun. I believe it is hot mustard mixed with chili and peppers. So mm. uh, special Korean packaging. Basically, you're getting the Korean sauce packets that we don't normally get here. So, you know, well, try some limited uh, flavors. As you know, I am a sucker for the promotional Shack Attack-like promotion going on at a uh, fast food restaurant, so I might just have to try that out. Even though I have little to no knowledge of BTS? Yes. Okay, yes. good. <laughs> uh, but like I said, this could, this could be your foray. You won't know what a single member of them look like, but you can see what Korean flavors they approved for their Are there McDonald's 10 members in the group? So there's seven. Okay, well, it would have been better if I had seven nuggets, then, I guess. So I can pretend like I'm eating each member as I go through, but uh, what could have been? I got one last thing, because I... Are either of you familiar with this wrestler called Danhausen? Yes, because he's, he's on, like, the drop for uh, Masked Man, and I know he paints his face, and he's kind of a joke gimmick, right? He's, like, so I don't he more entirely... of a than he is a wrestler. Well, so here's the thing. He's... This is the description I've heard. A demonic tooth fairy possessed Conan O'Brien discovers the Simpsons and money. And like he call <laughs> he, he doesn't like he, he doesn't like cursing. He says no swearing a lot. He paints his face. I'm having a hard time describing this, but I feel Mark would really get on board with this guy. Is what I'm getting at here. He also was on Conan O'Brien's podcast because Conan has, like, uh, the podcast, uh, Conan Needs a Friend or whatever. Needs friends, yeah. I used, to, yeah. I used to listen to that. And he did one. He was doing a thing where, like, a fans can, can take questions. But he started talking to Danhausen, and Danhausen's like, yeah, my gimmick, half of it is kind of you. Um, and I think and he calls all of his fans the Fanhausens. I don't know. I don't know how to describe this well without saying I just think Mark would like it. <laughs> I is think he, he AEW? Up, no, he's on, I want to say Ring of Honor. Oh, okay, um, digging deeper. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, look up Dan Housen on YouTube. He has a show. He had Xavier Woods on there. Name of his okay. YouTube show is Love That Dan Housen. Um, yeah, I don't know how to describe this well, but I was watching him interview Woods, and I'm like, I think Mark would get on board with this guy. Kind of old-timey talk, too. I don't know. All the whole package, I'm like, Mark, would if this was a wrestler when we were kids, this would be one of Mark's guys for sure. Um, anyway, um, that's all I got this week. Oh, besides the news that just broke, that Duho's coming back, guys. Oh, who's he fighting? Du- or is he just coming back? Uh, he's fighting. I don't know who he is. But Duho's apparently 30 years old. Um, So he's fighting at the end of July. So look forward to Duho. Yeah, I can fun. look forward to that. Yeah, man. Well, well, that that got re- He was so exciting for like a year. And then he just, I don't know what happened. Did he have to go to the service? The military service? He was losing a lot and he had service. Yeah, because he hasn't won in five years. Yeah. So, anyway, all right, boys and girls, we're going well, to be I mean, back. I wasn't done. Bobby just kind of interrupted my. Oh, stuff I thought you were done. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. I'm sorry. You came in. I apologize. You came Go in ahead. straight up mid sentence. I didn't even. Oh, I thought you point. were done with your quick hits. Go ahead. Man. But uh, my last quick hit, I guess. Now I'll be done after this. Is um with the recent news that uh my favorite childhood game show, Legends of the Hidden Temple, is getting revamped and being brought back. Which, one, I don't know the full details of, and I'll be straight up, they should not bring it back for children. It absolutely should not be revamped for children audiences. It should be revamped for our generation who actually knew what that show was to compete on it as adults. But um, it's being brought back, and uh, you know you know how your phone is just listening to things you talk about, so it recommends you things you don't even search. It'll just recommend something you said in conversation. Um, I got recommended this YouTube channel that I've been enjoying some videos on called Defunct Land. Um, and essentially what they do are like 20 minute documentaries on game shows from when we were kids. Um, there was like Carmen San Diego, where the world of Carmen San Diego was on them. They talked about guts. Um, I was watching one about uh, WMAC Masters. Mark, do you remember that show? 
the Universal Studios martial arts guys, <laughs> but it was also kind of really scripted, so it was weird at the same time. Um, but I watched the one on uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, and it's actually just fun. It, it's really knowledgeable. It's really researched. They go into the history of it. They give you stats. They talked about, like, Bob, what's up? It is for adults, brother. Yeah, that's right. What, it is for adults. Adults are going to become better. Yeah, it's going to be for adults. It is going to be on CW, though. So, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. You know, I'm gonna say it right now. Arrow would kill that shit. That dude's in real good shape. You said Arrow out there? Out of all the pretty boy a uh, CW movies uh, superheroes, Bobby, that did dude's you in shape. Watch Legends of the Hidden. You don't send the cream of the crop. You send awkward kids that have two legs. Well, he's, each. well, you put him up there. You put the the, the skinny kid who plays Flash. You pet, you you get you know All right, the Brandon Routh, and the then you get Hidden Temple episode. Yeah, then you get um, Supergirl in there. That's where you go. You're good to go. But uh, some quick stats off the top is the Purple Parrots were the least successful team in the history of the show. The uh, Orange Iguanas made it the most times to the final temple, but they have the same amount of wins as the Purple Parrots, which means they always made it, but they always lost. Um, and the actual most successful team in the history of the show were the Silver Snakes. They had the highest win rate of any team on the show. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I put a quote uh, when I was watching it in our kind of group chat. Uh, they were talking about the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. And uh, as the narrator put it, despite the puzzle only being three pieces and never changing over the history of the show's run, the children had an incredibly difficult time putting it together. And he just yeah. showed clip after clip of like, turn it around, the head is backwards, the head is backwards. And them just fumbling over it. Um, it even had like a great sign, you know, like they're kind of like, you know, it's hard to say goodbye to these shows we love and these eras we grow up in, but none of it will ever be as hard as the Silver Monkey. You know, so... Um, 17 minute video if you have any nostalgia for that show it, it'll be a fun trip down memory lane like you know they talk about nick gas and just all those game shows they were on you know so if you were a kid who watched it in the 90s defunct land will be full of like a treasure chest of memories to kind of go through um so check it out on youtube right on um all right we'll be back next week to talk about the biggie boy against augusto sakai two heavyweights with only two losses apiece uh, we got Walt Harris and Marcin Tybura. Ponzanibio is on this card. Man, Ponzanibio, what happened? We were going to get a welterweight title shot at one point. And not to degrade these guys, but it really seems like a parade of losers on this next card. <laughs> <laughs> not to degrade these guys. Bunch of fucking losers on this one, guys. Um, hey, you yeah. know what? Sometimes in the fighting game tournaments, loser bracket is just as fun as the champion's bracket, but we all know what we're looking at. Yeah, so that is the... So, yeah, that's uh, going to be at the Apex, which, again, they could have had me there. Um, the following week, though, we got the double title fights. Um, um, this is going to be a great card. I mean, uh, as far Izzy, as I'm concerned, it's three title fights. We got three yeah, five-round fights. <laughs> yeah, Izzy versus uh, Vittori, five-rounder for the middleweight strap. Figueroa versus Moreno in a rematch of what was uh, definitely the male fight of the year last year, without question, I think, because it came down to that fight and... Um, Whaley and Joanna for fight of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and then Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz. I almost bet like 50 bucks on Nate Diaz. But I'm just like, man. <laughs> it's it's so hard to collect when you're not there. It's not yeah. fun if you can't go well, to the Well, I mean, I was just like, I'm just like, let me just come back here and I'll use like betonline.ag or some shit like that. I don't know what everybody else uses. Um, Damian Maya, Bilal Muhammad, and Paul Craig versus former ESPN host Jamil Hill. No, it's not her. It's somebody else. Ja Jamahal Hill. Um, and Stefan's guy, Eric Anders, on the undercard. Stefan's guy, Eric Anders, has replaced Sam Cecilia as, as Mark, you know, for when it was Mark's guy, because I don't know what Sam Cecilia does anymore. So <laughs> Eric Anders. Question, uh, a question of this running gag, Mark. Did you at any point ever like Sam Cecilia? I, I think yeah, he was. I probably at one point that I liked him as an action fighter. I didn't, I didn't. You know, I, 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 I'm not even waiting for you to tell me you like Anders. I at no point have ever expressed any like of Eric Anders, but it's that he's like a quarter Filipino that I've been yeah, associated with him. But I've that's never it. expressed any like positive <laughs> emotion or feedback towards that guy. Oh, that's that's about every now and then I'll just like bring up Eddie uh, Edward Foliang, I think, because yeah, I think it's Filipino. Because but no, I'll, I'll bring him up hoping you have some gems, and I'm looking over. I'm like, yeah, Stefan is not paying attention, to this motherfucker. Uh, he was really he was the Philippines champion of that uh, sport that Kung Lee invented, where you, you can kind of do rolling leg leg scissor takedown. What was that Sam Show Mark? What was that Kung yeah, Lee sport Sam. that only he did? Show. But Foliang, yeah, he show. does that too. 
<laughs> By the way, I've been I've been saying for like three weeks that Valentina's fighting Lauren Murphy yet, and I'm just looking, and Lauren Murphy's fighting JoJo Calderwood on that card. Mm, okay. So <laughs> Valentina might I'm be break. fighting the winner of that fight. Um, yeah, that's a number one contender fight for sure. There are 15 fucking fights on that card according to Wikipedia. I feel like can't be right because with three title fights and 15 fights, the people in Glendale, the the Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona. I couldn't think of a more random fucking place to send your Nigerian middleweight champion facing an Italian in your main event. What the fuck, man? Um, anyway, okay. Uh, back next week. Thank you all for listening. Again, we really appreciate it. Mike will be back next week. Um, we should all be here. Um, you have a safe Memorial Day. Enjoy your day off. Get some grilling out there. You know, enjoy yourselves. Oh, yeah. We'll be and recording on the day. We can all have a piece of barbecue while we record. I'm, I'm going I'm to get a hot dog. That's what I'm yeah, I was thinking hot dog, Rob. Um, all right, guys. Uh, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable, and that was DJ Mark. See y'all next week. Peace out. See ya. Cheers.